Our scripture this morning comes to us from the book, or if you will, the hymnal of Psalms, number 106, verses 1 through 5. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord or declare all of his praise? Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor on your people. Help me when you deliver them. That I may rejoice in the gladness and the joy of your nation, that I may glory in your heritage. This is the word of God for the people of God. Our scripture today, along with all of the Psalms, are known as a book of hymns. Some of you might remember from Bible studies that the Psalms are all hymns of the ancient times for which we have simply forgotten the, the notes but retained the words. When we read a Psalm, we are really reading out of an ancient hymnal with certain pieces and phrase that scholars believe could be upwards of 10,000 years old. Imagine 10,000 years of people reciting and saying some of these words and phrases, expressions of human existence, grief, but also like our psalm today, a psalm of praise, of deep and abiding gratitude and joy, exaltation of human living. I think sometimes when we look at this book of Psalms, we look at them as dry texts that our grandparents had stenciled on the wall. I know my grandmother had a big stencil of one of the Psalms on the wall. Or if you go to Joanne's Fabric or Michael's, I tried to count the number of knickknacks they're trying to sell with the Psalms on them. I think I got to 50 and then I just gave up. So basically saying that the Psalms have been kind of been taken as something that just we see in passing. But we forget about the passion, the spice that goes along with it. Here's how I like to think of it. Some churches call this the Psalter, but I think it also needs some pepper. The Psalter is spice. We make the mistake if we read these as sort of calm poems just to be stenciled on a wall or purchased at Joanne's Fabric and forgotten in a corner. We forget that the Psalms are expressions for the human soul of cultic centers, ancient, dynamic, and mysterious worship settings that we'll never totally understand ourselves. When we read the Psalms together in worship, we are conjuring ancient spirits and hope for healing and mourning and joy and renewal. This has been edited and redacted and revised across thousands of years, falling down through the centuries to us and to worship today. And can't you still hear the joy of the song, the call out for God and the holy in these pages? Listen again from a different translation. Praise God. Oh, give God thanks for the divine is good and abiding, for steadfast love endures forever. Who can even speak about the great things that God does or even declare all of the praise? Happy are those who do justice and who are always trying for righteousness. Remember me, O God, when you show favor to your people. Help me too when you deliver them that I may see the prosperity of your chosen one, that I may have joy, joy in your nation, 
and that I may glory in your heritage. I think of the 1907 hymn. By the way, we all think of it as Beethoven's Ode to Joy, which is part of the Ninth Symphony. Beethoven lived a lot before 1907. In 1907, Henry uh, Van Dyke was a, about to become actually the ambassador to the Netherlands, a post he held through World War I, and he was a Presbyterian minister of Princeton education from New Jersey, and he wrote these famous words that I believe are also a psalm for modern times. Joyful, joyful, we adore you, God of glory, Lord of all. Hearts unfold like flowers before you. Can you picture that? A heart unfolding like a flower, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness. Drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. He wrote that in 1907, and a couple of years later was deployed deployed to the Netherlands as the ambassador to the Netherlands through World War I. Don't you think that Henry Van Dyke needed his own words of joy in those dark days? He's also the one who wrote this famous poem that many of you might remember from Princess Diana's funeral. Time is too slow for those who wait, too swift for those who fear, too long for those who grieve. Too short for those who rejoice, but for those who love, time is not. These are all poems from someone who was inspired primarily by the Psalms. Our scripture today, the Psalm ends with the, with the begging to hope that the writer may glory in God's heritage. And friends, we are today in that heritage of God. We are, as a church and a congregation, an embodiment of the joy of community and humanity. This is our time to carry on these psalms for another generation in need of the idea of joy in community. Today, as we think about what it means to give financially as stewardship to a congregation, I want to lean deeper into the psalmist's praise and joy. My thesis is that by singing out with the psalmist in joy and by striving as a congregation of Christians to embody the joy of Christian living, that we may truly become church. You see, friends, there are many, many community organizations that are all congregations. The word congregate simply comes from a root word meaning to flock or to gather, basically to become a traffic jam together. Political, sports, music, education, library groups, gym classes, environmental groups. These are all congregations. But what makes a church is committing to go through everything in joy together. Here in this place of God's heritage, we claim joy in living despite the pain, despite the loss, despite the fear. At our core, church is existing in the Psalms. It's choosing joy in community. All of your works with joy surround you. Earth and heaven reflect your rays. Stars and angels sing around you, center of unbroken praise. Probably one of my favorite names for God, 
center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashing sea, chanting birds and flowing fountain, praising you eternally. A congregation is any assembly of people with a cause, but a church makes its cause the joy of living, makes its cause the continuation of those ancient voices of Psalm 106. A congregation returns to the heart of joy. Joy in the miracle of life, joy in love, joy in the healing of the unspeakable, joy in giving freely to each other in the hope that the Spirit may be in our midst. Congregations are just social clubs, but by choosing a joy as your mission, you can become church. Always giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Wellspring of the joy? Or see if you're with me. Wellspring of the joy of living. Ocean depth of happy rest. Loving Father, Mother, Christ our brother, let your light shine upon us. Teach us how to love each other. Lift us to the joy divine. Joy is empowered by people living intentionally in faith community, there for each other in joy no matter what. We often think of, think of the most sacred days of the church year. Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, maybe even the annual meeting when we vote on resolutions and pass budgets. But what about Stewardship Sunday or the launch of the Stewardship Campaign? Now, I have to say, uh, this is one of those things that's not talked about much in church. So I've always been an associate minister, so I always preach Stewardship Sunday. <laughs> it is a little bit profane to talk about money in church, so why not let the associate do it? But I learned a lot about giving and generosity and talking about these things. And I've come to believe that Stewardship Sunday is among the most sacred days of the church year. It's a day when we truly commit, not in abstract ways or ideas, but in truly meaningful ways to the psalm of joy together for another year. Stewardship Sunday is when we decide to commit to this place its mission, its music, its pastoral care, its sacred space, and actually choosing to budget to be church again. I think of accountants or the treasurer of church council as chaplains of tomorrow. The budgeting process and the raising of the requisite funds is an expression of Psalm 106. Joyful, joyful friends, Christians, we choose to be church again here in Fairfield for another budget year. The budget, those line items, it's not just an Excel spreadsheet. It is the midwife that helps deliver us a new tomorrow of joy in community. Today is a sacred moment. When we fundraise for a new budget year, we are committing joyfully for Fairfield to have this church again for the 385th year. Mortals, join the mighty chorus means send in your pledge card. 
which the morning stars began. God's own love is reigning o'er us, joining people hand in hand. Ever singing, march we onward, victors in the midst of strife. Joyful music, thank you, Frank and Choir, leads us sunward in the triumph song of life. Let me share a story from this past week that stuck deeply with my soul and inspires me as we think about being a congregation and as we launch a stewardship campaign to do this church thing one more time together. This week, Yale Divinity School, where I'm the new Associate Director of Alumni Engagement uh, and Donor Relations, go figure with this sermon, brought joy to the top of mind. We had our annual uh, convocation and reunion, which is a time when people from all over the world, this year over 200, come back to Yale Divinity School to celebrate reunions, to hold memorial services for deceased classmates, to engage in lecture series and dialogue and classes and education, and also to award our alumni awards of 2023. And it was at the award ceremony that I received the most powerful messages from people who've been given the awards of this year. Now, one of the awards that Yale gives is the Lux and Veritas Award winner. Anyone speak Latin? Lux? Light? Veritas? Truth? Light and Truth, which is Yale's actual motto, is the award given to a member of the alumni community of YDS who most exemplars light and truth in community and transformation out in the world. And this year they named Dr. Richard Molika, uh, who is in Boston as part of Harvard, and got his master's in arts and religion degree concurrent with a doctor in psychology in the 1970s um, from Yale. Here's how he's described. Richard Malika is a physician, professor of psychiatry, and for decades now, a global pioneer in the healthcare and healing of traumatized populations. Up close, whether in Cambodia, Bosnia, Italy, Japan, or after 9-11 in the United States, he has faced some of the world's deepest hurts, as well as its greatest longings for peace. For more than 40 years, he has focused on the needs of survivors of torture and mass violence, their physical injuries, and health, anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Under his direction, the Harvard program in refugee trauma has led efforts in clinical care and training, policy reforms, and research benefiting people who've endured horrific atrocity. His message is one of hope in the power of human resilience. His work has taught him that people can recover from unspeakable violence, and so can the world. This was something he had to teach the psychiatry community, which he learned from his master's in art and religion degree. The psychiatry community had long assumed that victims of violent horrors could not be healed. That was the status quo until the 1970s. His writings made the argument that we can have a role in healing our societies. In 2018, he wrote a text for a book-length manifesto called Healing a Violent World. There he called for healers of every type to reduce the pain of human suffering by following a greater vision of empathy and nonviolence. He stressed the pathway of justice as vital force for human meaning and advancement. The pursuit of justice is intense, often tragic, yet transformative. He argued too that the ex existence of beauty should have a role in health. 
quote, there is no healing without beauty. The trauma survivor reminds us all of our own vulnerability to tragedy and the potential for society to abandon us. But another way is possible. As the story of victimization becomes the story of courage and the story of damage becomes a story of recovery. This week, with everything going on in the world, he told a story that meant so much in accepting his award. Very humbly, I would add. He told the story of one of the very first patients he met after he got out of his PhD program at, at Yale with his art and religion degree. And he met a patient that other psychiatrists had given up on. The man had been held hostage during the Vietnam War and had been kept in a barrel overnight, every night, for a year to sleep in a barrel. And Dr. Malika asked the man how he had survived such an ordeal, such a traumatizing experience. And the man took whatever glimmer he had of a smile within him and said, the frogs. It was the frogs at night in the marsh adjacent to the camp where he was being held hostage. He could hear the frogs. And those frogs transported him back to places of joy that he remembered from home. Places that were kept that were, had where he could hear the frogs at home. Joy is life-saving. The frogs that kept that man alive were because of his memory association being so strong for something good that he had the resiliency to make it through the unimaginable. Investing in spaces and places, those kids, those kids might not remember anything else today other than the bunny rabbits outside, but you never know when that memory might be the thing that gets them through something impossible. The things that we do as congregation for the young people in this community who are thriving in Disciple Road, thanks to your generosity, is why we do what we do. The trauma survivor reminds all of us of our own vulnerability to tragedy and the, of the potential for society to abandon us. But another way is possible. The story of victimization becomes a story of courage, and the story of damage becomes a story of recovery. Joyful, joyful, we adore you. God of glory and Lord of all. Hearts unfold like flowers before you, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness. Drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. Line item. All your works with joy surround you. Earth and heaven reflect your rays. Stars and angels sing around you, center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow and flashing sea, chanting bird and flowing fountain, praise you eternally. Budgets. Always giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Wellspring of the joy of living, ocean depth of happy rest. Loving Father, Mother, Christ our brother, let your light shine upon us. Teach us how to love each other. Lift us to the joy divine. Spreadsheets. Mortals join the mighty chorus, which the morning star began. 
God's own love is reigning o'er of us, joining people hand in hand. Ever singing, march we onward, victors in the midst of strife. Joyful music, psalms lead us onward in the triumph, song of life. Pledge cards. A psalm for Stewardship Sunday. A psalm to remind us that even when our souls cry out, there is joy in the world that we can hold on to to face even the most unspeakable. It was the sound of frogs that kept him alive. And we too can heal our most broken parts of ourselves. Do you know what that is? And you can also then bring that healing to the world around you. And it starts, friends, line item by line item by line item. Budgets building the realm of God. May God bless us and our work now as we begin the sacred, not the profane, but the sacred task of budgeting and planning for our mission in this community again for 2024. 385 years and beyond. Joyful friends always. Amen.